If you've been paying attention, you've likely heard something about gut health and why zoning in on your gut health is so darn important. You need EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense. It's a three-in-one capsule that supports your digestive health and promotes gut barrier protection. I started taking EQ's Daily Women's Microbiome Defense because I have a bloating problem, friends. Yes, I do. Inflammation is not my friend. Since taking one capsule a day on an empty stomach with water, I have noticed more energy, improved skin, and here's the big one, reduced bloating. Head to myeq.com and use code SUSTAINABLE for 15% off Equilibria's microbiome defense and so much more. That's myeq.com and use code SUSTAINABLE at checkout for 15% off site-wide today. You're listening to episode 46 of the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast. You are listening to the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast, a show about living simply and sustainably with your family. Here's your host, Stephanie Safarian. Hi there and happy holidays. Yes, I said it. If you're listening to this episode on or near release day, it's mid-November and the holiday season is definitely, absolutely, 100% here. Now, the holiday season, of course, is the season of abundance, right? It's a season of overabundance. It's the season of joy. And it can also be, if we're not careful, the season of stress. It's almost as though minimalism and holidays are polar opposites, right? Today, we are talking about action-oriented ways to infuse our holidays with simplicity so that our stress levels don't go careening off the tracks. We're talking about minimalism as it applies to gift giving, holiday decorating, maintaining traditions, serving that ginormous holiday dinner, and more. My guest today is Laura Brassi. She is a minimalist and a mental health counselor, and she comes to our conversation today ready to talk about minimalism as it applies to the most stressful season of the year. A few real quick notes before we get into today's interview. The first is I'm so sorry about my scratchy voice. I have been battling an epic cold and I'm just now coming out of it. The second thing is be sure to stick around after the interview because I am going to be talking very quickly about a no spend challenge that I will be running starting January 1st. Enjoy the interview. Hi, Laura. Thank you so much for coming on the show. How are you? I am great, Stephanie. Thanks for having me. How are you? Oh, I am great as well. Why don't we start by you telling us about yourself and how you found yourself interested in minimalism? Absolutely. Um, I am a professional therapist um, by trade, and I currently have a very um, unminimalistic uh, career, you could say. Uh, there's a lot of moving pieces um, at the nonprofit where I work, and um, I became interested in blogging and also in minimalism kind of around the same time, a couple of years ago, thinking about just how can I bring balance to my own life? Um, how can I reduce stress? How can I kind of just address um, mental health concerns from a different angle? 
um, than what I do during the day. And so that's kind of how I got started. And I just began exploring, really, reading other bloggers who'd been there um, and other experts on minimalism. And um, I'm still very much a beginner, but it's been a lot of fun and it's really helped. I can imagine that in a job such as yours, you probably take home a lot of stress. Is that Mm -hmm. accurate? It is accurate. Yes. (laughs) Has minimalism helped to lessen the stressful load you you carry? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think although I have done a lot of focus on minimalism with objects and what I own, the biggest shift for me was minimalism with my time. And just what I gave my emotional space to um, and who I gave it to. And that kind of looks like shifting my schedule, doing fewer activities, even communicating with a smaller group of people in order to just allow for that space and for the margins that I really needed to recharge. Hmm. Today, we are talking about minimalism as it applies to the holiday season because Here it is. It's here again. We blinked and uh, it's the holidays. Yes. I can't believe it. (laughs) And it's the season of abundance, right? It's also the season of overabundance. And by default, it's the season of stress. Yes. I'm hoping you are here today to just give us some minimalist tips for the holidays. Absolutely. The first thing when I think of the holidays is around gifts. And that can absolutely, it can be stressful. It can be, um, there's such a beautiful season that's arriving and yet we can turn it into a month or two of shopping and parties and gifts and too many family events and too many school programs and, and all of these things. And it can be very overwhelming. And like you said, lead to stress. And that is absolutely not the meaning of the holiday season at all. So generally speaking, mindful gift giving is where I think about giving fewer gifts, first of all, that's the easy part, and giving gifts that you know are going to be meaningful to that person. And so it's something where if I can't pick out a gift that that really speaks to me about that person, I may not get them a gift at all. I've really had to let go of the expectations of buying gifts for every friend, every extended relative, every co-worker, all these sorts of things that sometimes we feel the expectations to give gifts to, and I just don't. And so I think that an easy test for that is simply, you know, if you have a person in mind and all you can think to give them is a bath set or a scarf or just some kind of generic item, don't give them a gift. Oh my gosh, stop right there. I love that. Oh, that is that is money. If you're going to give a generic gift, give no gift. Yes, right. If you don't know them well enough to give them a a more specific gift that you know will be meaningful to them, you're probably not close enough to have to give a gift at all. And it's okay. Totally fine. I also think about, um, you know, we've all been the receivers of those generic gifts too. And what do we end up doing with them? (laughs) Most of the time, we donate, right? We get rid of them. We throw them away. We waste them. And um, those gifts aren't bad. Sometimes you happen to get something that works well for you and that's fine. But for the most part, we don't need it. We already have it. It's a duplicate item or we don't like it. And so it allows the receiver of the gift to not feel that guilt about whether they need to keep it or not. And it also saves you time, money and effort um, and waste 
on buying them a generic gift? I interviewed two KonMari consultants, and one of them had just the the best insight on gift giving. And it was this, the gift is in the giving, right? So if you're a recipient and you feel guilty about letting go of a gift, the, the receiver got joy out of giving you the gift. Now, I feel as though you can take that and you can flip it. So if you are thinking about giving a gift to somebody, but it doesn't light you up and it doesn't give you joy to give them this thing, then it's not even worth the time, effort, energy of purchasing, wrapping, and giving it because there's no joy on either end of that exchange. No, because the receiver of the gift is also going to sense that. If you're not excited about the gift, um, they're going to know. I don't see the point in it. And I think that we can all be a little more minimalist around gifts. And it also uh, makes the gifts that we do give more special. What's your opinion on food for gifts or consumables? Things that really you cannot go wrong giving. Yes, I think that's great. Um, I think about consumables as no clutter gifts, really. It's anything that's simply not going to add clutter to your home. So yeah, perishables, um, food, coffee, wine, chocolates, um, all of those kinds of things. Uh, I think where you can go a little further with minimalism is to think about the packaging in those consumables and just to be mindful of that, that it's um, recyclable or perhaps the packaging can be you know, reusable for something or something like that. So keeping that packaging in mind, but if it's a simple enough food item, um, and these are great for parties or other things where you're maybe expected to bring a hostess gift, um, but you don't want to pick out that kind of special gift for them. Maybe it's a work party. You don't know them well enough to do that. Always go with consumables. I think it's a great idea. And then they get used up and everyone's happy. Right. I feel as though, in general, we often equate the amount of love or like we have for somebody with the size of the gift. And I really do think that everybody, like absolutely everybody who may give a gift this holiday season should re-examine that assumption. Because I think that that assumption is pressed upon us by companies and marketers who are hoping we'll buy their products so that they can make money, right? I think that like, if we all sat down and really thought about the best way to show our love and appreciation for the people in our lives, which is, of course, uh, the meaning of the season, showering them with pointless gifts just for the sake of giving gifts is not the way we would do it. I totally agree. Um, I think that experiences can also be incredible gifts. I think that setting up a, a date with your partner that's really special, setting aside time with your kids, I think those are all forms of gifts as well that are also minimalistic and that uh, are often a lot more meaningful than just throwing a, you know, the latest electronics or the new toy or whatever it is at them when it may or may not be the most special thing. I think we have to remember that if we are care about someone enough to give them a gift, they probably care about time with us, right? Right. And so that can often be the best gift that you can give. Especially for kids too. My daughter loves gifts. I mean, she's a child, right? But 
what she loves more than gifts is time with the family closest to us that she doesn't get to see so much. So yeah, that is definitely Mm -hmm. sage advice. I'd love to pivot and talk about holiday traditions and specifically reevaluating traditions that really take more than they give. What thoughts do you have there? Absolutely. I think that we all need to reevaluate holiday traditions, especially as maybe you're just kind of more into adulthood and perhaps you just got married or with a partner. Um, and I think it's a really great time to start reevaluating. We often just do what our parents did, right? Initially. So if your parents put up a thousand decorations and they had, you know, four trees and they did all of these lights and all this big spectacular thing, that might be what you do as well. And you might, if you don't pause to realize that you hate that, you might just keep doing it for years and have this kind of underlying resentment about it when reality is no one's telling you you have to do that. Um, And that also goes for uh, events. It goes for different traditions with the family. It goes for religious services. It goes for dinners and parties and all of those things. None of them really have to be essential, right? Right. It's okay to do less. Yes, it's okay. And especially as your family gets bigger, you might have 20 things on the calendar. And that is completely overwhelming to the average family. And just adds to that stress. You could do one or two events that are really meaningful and be completely fine. Yeah. If stringing lights all over the exterior of your house is going to give you more anxiety than joy, then feel free to skip it. Just because you've done it every year, it doesn't mean you need to do it in 2018, right? No one's going to judge you if you do less. And if they do judge you, then it's their problem, not yours. Yeah. I mean, I think those, the, the first things that are very easy to cut out are things like that. Over-decorating, um, different parties, right? The coworker party, the maybe it's a one or two of the school programs, unless, you know, your kid's performing, right? (laughs) That might be really special. But those are pretty easy to cut out. Um, And they're often just sort of these expectations that we think others have on us. But I think the reality is that we could skip them and most people wouldn't notice. You know, most of us are just too self-absorbed. We are. And we're thinking about our own plans and what we have to do. We're not worried about what your family's doing. And so that, I hope, gives a little bit of freedom of just that you can do what's best for you and your family and don't have to worry about what you think other people might be thinking about you, right? We make it so complicated. Well, one question I have for you that is something that I struggle with twice a year, Thanksgiving and Christmas, is that big family dinner. So in my family, I'm usually in charge of one of them, Christmas or Thanksgiving. And as hard as I try, and as much as I try to advance, prepare and whittle down the guest list and put up minimal decorations, etc, etc. It's still very stressful. So I'm wondering, is there something I'm missing? Is there something I can do to make it 100% enjoyable and 0% stressful? Or is it just the way it is? Well, I don't know if it can be 100% no stress. <laughs> I think that's part of the reality of hosting 
several people, right? Anything, anytime you get 10 plus people, there are just dynamics that you can't control. But I do think that a few ways that can be helpful with just handling stress during the holidays. One is just mindfulness. And I'm sure that you've addressed that plenty of times on the podcast. Um, But I think anytime we can just bring mindfulness into our daily lives can be really helpful. And um, for me, I use mindfulness in the kitchen a lot. And so when I'm preparing food, um, actually is a time when I can really focus on the present moment, um, whether that is washing dishes and focusing on the the water, the temperature, how the soap feels, all those kinds of little sensory things, the smells in the kitchen, all those um, types of ideas where I try to just really stay focused on the moment um, anyway when I'm cooking. And so that might also be a place where when preparing that dinner, you could use mindfulness. Another one that I think about, uh, and this is very different from family to family, but I think that there are probably items in that dinner that don't have to be homemade. And some people might panic at that one, (laughs) but um, I think there probably are. And so I think anything that you can substitute out, anything that maybe you realize that no one cares that much about the bread pudding and it always gets wasted anyway, you know, those kinds of items where you, you know, if you remember last year that you threw half of it away, it could be something that skipped. And so I think that applies to dinners just like any other part of the holidays. Right. Yes. And like when people ask, what can I bring? Give them the hardest stuff. Oh, yeah. But give them the stuff that is really going to ruin your day because they are time sensitive, right? Like be smart about answering that question. Don't say, oh, salad. No, no, no. Right. You make the salad. (laughs) Right. You're hosting. You get to make salad and easy stuff. And, you know, yes, totally agree. Have people bring the stuff that, you know, you might know that these two casseroles and the turkey are at different temperatures and all these sorts of things. Have someone bring one of them. One other thing I love is a tip from my mother-in-law. And she says that if you're hosting, you, you know, you pick up your house, you tidy it up so it doesn't look like you are a slob. <laughs> but you do the real deep cleaning after everybody leaves. And I love that because everybody makes such a mess and you don't need to do two deep cleans. You really just need to pick up and then deep clean. Oh, yeah. And you don't even need to pick up the whole house, really. You know, I mean, maybe if everyone's staying at your home or something, but if they're mostly going to be in the kitchen, the dining room, the living room, and that's about it, put stuff in the bedroom. It's fine. Right. Close that door. (laughs) (laughs) Close the door and move on, you know, and it's your family. I mean, at the end of the day, they already know how you live, first of all. So it's fine. And, and, you know, and second of all, they already love you. And so I think that there's definitely space to just be in a home that looks like it's lived in by humans. Right. You also mention a lot on your website about the importance of practicing gratitude. I'm wondering if you can talk about gratitude as it applies to the holidays. I mean, the holidays are about feeling grateful and feeling thankful, right? But I feel like oftentimes the meaning of the season gets lost. So how do we reconnect to the true meaning behind the season? Yeah, 
Yeah, I think that um, people might have different um, spiritual meanings behind um, the holidays, kind of depending on what they celebrate and what's important to them. And I think that if that's true, it's absolutely meaningful to connect with those values and those traditions and the stories that um, really make the holiday special. Um, I think for anyone and everyone, the gratitude is absolutely a big theme of the season and that um, also the generosity. Uh, And I think that's one of the most beautiful things about the season. People are often, uh, often are more generous during the holidays. And if that's something that's meaningful to you, um, it might be the time when you think about a charity that you care about or giving to others in need. Um, it could be something as simple as donating to a local coat drive or hat scarf drive. Um, I'm most many cities, of course, that have cold winters have those kinds of things for people experiencing homelessness or at risk for that. And those are some just little things to start for the generosity piece. For gratitude, I think about just starting with a list. I like to write down just one little thing per day from about Thanksgiving to New Year's or so. Um, It doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be extra special. It could be things I have all year long, like my bed. (laughs) But, um, (laughs) you know, but I try to just start making a list and um, not repeating anything on the list. And that's just a little way to jog my mind with ideas about what I am grateful for and what I have and the people in my life that are meaningful. Um, And it really just helps me stay focused on that. I love that. It's a simple and beautiful way to really connect with what matters. And it makes me think about how important it is for parents to really reconnect with the meaning of the season because we're models for our children. And I can think about a lot of times when as a new wife and a new mother in my house, and I'm just doing things because, well, that's the way my mother did them. My mother took out all the decorations. My mother devoted an entire December weekend to putting out the holiday decorations. But that might not be, um, I love you, mom, but that might not be how I want to best celebrate the season. So finding the ways to just instill gratitude in the fabric of the family. So it's less about the decorations. It's less about the gifts. It's less about the stress. And it's more about just simplifying and connecting as a family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you get the opportunity to create new traditions with your family. And that is such a beautiful thing that it doesn't have to be what parents did, what in-laws did, what anyone, any of your friends do. Um, other new moms. It can be all about just what do we care about? Starting fun traditions, starting serious traditions. Any of that can be really meaningful and bring, and that's what the kids will remember too. You know, they probably won't remember the toy they got when they were eight, but they might very well remember traditions that your family started that just really brought you all together um, and connect us and uh, really kind of bring that meaning to the season. They're not going to remember anything about their Christmas 2018. They're not going to remember what pajamas they were wearing. They're not going to remember what gifts they got. But they are going to remember the way they felt and the way that people made them feel. It's true. I mean, they you won't – I think about that in the context of therapy, actually. You know, that most of the time my clients don't remember what I said. 
Um, they don't remember what interventions I used or whatever I took from school. And they don't remember any of that. They remember our relationship and how I made them feel and how they made themselves feel through that, through insight and through kind of exploring that. Um, I think that's true for the holidays and for our family too. Laura, where can listeners find more of you? I uh, have a small little blog um, that's primarily around self-care, mental health, and minimalism called Ivory and Pine. And that is just at ivoryandpine.com, I-V-O-R-Y-A-N-D-P-I-N-E. And I'm also at Ivory and Pine on Instagram. And on Facebook, I am at Ivory and Pine blog. What I love about your blog is that you really do have a uh, unique perspective, which is you add the mental health component in with minimalism. And I see a lot of minimalism. Minimalism's everywhere. It's like, it's, it's such a buzzword, but I don't see much about the correlation between minimalism and positive mental health. So thank you for putting your unique voice out there in the world and sharing it with us. I so appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. And I so appreciate you putting out so much about sustainability and minimalism out into the world. And I'm learning a lot through listening to your podcast already. So thank you. So there it is. It is possible. A minimalist holiday season. I so hope you enjoyed that interview with Laura Brassi. And if you have any tried and true simplicity tricks that work like a charm during your own holiday festivities, please reach out. As always, I would love to hear from you. Now, someone reached out in our private Facebook group last week inquiring about a no-spend challenge. By the way, did you even know we have a private Facebook group for this podcast? I'll link to it in the show notes, or you can just search Facebook for Sustainable Minimalist. The group is free and fun. We are quite an enjoyable group. Come join us. Anyway, we are starting a free no-spend challenge starting January 1st. So if you need to get your finances in order... If you want to buy less for sustainability reasons, if you want to just decompress after New Year's, whatever your reason is, if a no-spend challenge sounds intriguing, stay tuned and keep it in the back of your mind because I'll be releasing more information on it in the next few weeks. On next week's show, we are talking about the side effects of minimalism. And if you don't already think that minimalism is magical, trust me, you will after next week's episode. I'll see you then. Take care. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.